In the late 1990s and early 2000s, I played in a band called The Sugar Daddies. And I can't lie, we were good. We headlined festivals, we were on the front page of the entertainment section of the local newspaper, we packed small clubs, and we rarely had a weekend off. It turns out that the strategies that I used back then to book the band can be used today to book podcasters on interviews. Growing an audience really hasn't changed. It's about bringing value, which to us meant putting butts in the seats that like to drink beer. It meant building relationships. That meant going out and talking to our audience on our breaks and building partnerships, which meant if you booked my band, I'll build you a website. We use the internet to find other bands in our cities, and we look to see where they played. And if we kind of thought they were, meh, okay, we would actually go over and drop off a promo kit. Because if you would hire the meh band, you would definitely hire us. We even found one band that we thought was just as good as we were. They were called the Blues Sisters, and we became friends with them. And in the event that we had a weekend off, we would go to their gig and they would pull us up on stage and they would promote the Sugar Daddies. And when they had a weekend night off, because they booked a lot too, we would pull them on stage and they'd be like, hey, the Sugar Daddies. And we'd be like, hey, the Blue Sisters. And if a new club opened up and they got hired first, they'd say, oh, you should also check out the Sugar Daddies. And if we got hired, you get the whole thing. Again, it was a great partnership. And today... We're talking about how to get booked, not in a blues club, but on a podcast with Kristen Molnar. She is the head of Yes Boss, which is a virtual agency that helps people get booked on podcasts. And she's going to share how to figure out who to pitch to and how to pitch to them in a way that's going to get you exposure and grow your show. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005, I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you are new to the show, this is where I help you plan, launch, grow, and monetize your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And don't forget, that is worry-free. You have a 30-day money-back guarantee. And I got to tell you, I am not a huge fan of The Secret. You know, if you just think about Claudia Schiffer, she will appear. That has not worked. I'm just here to tell you, I get it. I'm all about thinking positive, but I've thought about Claudia Schiffer a lot. And if you are young and go, who's Claudia Schiffer? Just Google Claudia Schiffer 1990. You'll get that whole joke. And I I say the whole secret thing because I heard Kristen on Charlie Valor's show, which is a great podcast, link in the show notes. And I just liked her vibe. And I thought, huh, I should maybe have her on the show. And then lo and behold, I'm going to say maybe less than a month later, I get an email from Kristen saying, hey, we kind of work in the same area. We should probably think about doing something. And so we set up a pre-interview because I didn't know her and we laughed a lot. And I was just really impressed with her attitude and her ability to be completely transparent and share some of her best tips. So let me shut up. Here's my talk with Kristen from yesbossva.com on getting more bookings. Kristen, thank you so much for coming on the show. 
I'm excited about this. It's going to be a fun conversation. I can feel it. I can feel it as well. The question I get all the time, everybody goes, you know, one way to grow your podcast, and it works because they've already got podcast listeners, is to get on another podcast. And people go, great. How do I get on another podcast? And as that's kind of what you do, I mean, that's your gig, getting people on other podcasts. Are there any tips, you know, that you can share? Where do we want to start? Yes, I have tips. I think that there are a lot of people out there doing it all wrong. So uh, there is how to write a pitch. That is a huge one because I think there are a lot of people out there going, hey, look at me. I'm wonderful. You want to have me on your podcast? (laughs) Not, Not a good look. I invented sliced bread. And cured cancer. You want to have me on your podcast? You want to have me on your podcast? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There are also, oh, this is an interesting one. There are also a lot of podcast hosts that I have talked to that have said that the podcast pitches come like out of left field. Like I was talking to somebody, I tend to talk to people who are, are serving like an entrepreneur audience or in, you know, business podcasts, right? That tends to be where I hang out. And one of these hosts was telling me that they were pitched by somebody who wanted to talk about something in the personal care unmentionables arena, like something kind of inappropriate they wanted to talk about on their podcast. And they were thinking, where the heck did this come from? So that brings me to the other one. Research. How do you find out which which shows you should be on? Because if you're talking to a business audience. You don't want to be pitching to people in like health and beauty or, you know, mom bloggers or any of those other things. You need to find people that are in alignment with your message. So the other end of this is research. Well, I'm going to back up a second because somebody might be thinking, wait, shouldn't I be saying why I'm so qualified to be on the show? Mm -hmm. Like, isn't, is that part of the pitch or not of the pitch or? It is part of the pitch. It is part of the pitch. So the pit, there are a few different parts of the pitch that make a successful pitch. So the very first thing that we do is we say something unique in the very first paragraph of a pitch. Now, this, I think a lot of people make it more daunting than it needs to be. And I hate saying this to podcast hosts because some of them disagree, but I'll just say it. We don't listen necessarily to podcasts before we pitch them. Oh, that's not one of our top answers. Yeah, I know. I know the podcast hosts don't like that. But you have to write something unique. And my team has come up with a formula to really mirror the words being used in a podcast description to come up with a unique paragraph that we send to somebody telling them that we like their podcast. We think that it would be a good fit. Now, we do this because we are sending a lot of pitches. I mean, we're running as an agency. And so for us, we have figured out what, you know, kind of analytics we can run. Like, you know, when we send out cold pitches, how many pitches are we going to get back? We, we measure everything. So we found that this works for writing a unique pitch. Now, I have to add this caveat. I do listen to a podcast before I go on the podcast. That would be really <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> like, hey, Kristen, so have you ever listened to an episode? Like, I I want to be honest. And that means I need to make sure that I do listen to the episode. And you're doing yourself a disfavor, disservice as a guest if you don't listen to the episode or before you get on. Like, you don't even know what to expect. So I'm not saying don't ever listen. I'm just saying it's not a prerequisite to pitching necessarily. My favorite is this week. I had somebody that said they did a really good job. Hey, Dave. So they have my name. I really love the school of podcasting. I really love the episode where you interviewed 
Joe Schmo about the blah, blah, blah. And there was only one problem with that. I've never had that guy on my show. I was like, <laughs> oh, you had me and you lost me. It was so fun. And they, I, I emailed her back and she goes, all right, you busted me. You're right. But I do have this person that I still think is a good fit. So that was fun. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it happened. How do you research then? How do you figure out? Because you're like, well, I want to be on these kind of shows. There's only 1.7, I think, million now podcasts. Yeah. You know what? My husband and I were were looking up like alternative ways to do podcast research just today because I was just kind of curious about alternative ways that we can do this. And I'm not on Instagram. I, I stopped doing Instagram about a year ago, even personally, but I looked up on my husband's Instagram account, I started looking up podcast hashtags because I thought this might be a good way to find some podcasts for our clients. And oh my goodness, millions of posts using these hashtags. So yes, you've got to weed through a lot of stuff. But here is my favorite strategy for finding podcasts that are going to be relevant to the message that you want to share. So for me... It is very important that as a podcast guest, you are pitching yourself for shows that there's some kind of synergy there. So, you know, Dave, I wouldn't want to be on your show if you were talking about something that's like irrelevant to what I was doing. You wouldn't want me on your show if I was talking about something irrelevant to what you're doing. The One of the easiest ways to find shows that are relevant is following what we call following an influencer path. So what that means is finding somebody who has a message that is compatible to my message. So I do done for you podcast booking and I teach people how to increase their visibility via podcasting. So I'm like all about this podcast guesting space. Underneath it all, I'm also really interested in attracting the kind of client that doesn't want to do it yourself. They're interested in like done for you services. So they're interested in delegation. They're used, they're wanting to get out there and, and build their influence and build their visibility. So I'm looking for influencers who have already been on podcasts that have a message like that. So like for me, I know a lot of people know like James Shramko. His whole thing is work less, make more. Well, people that are going to be willing to talk to somebody about work less, make more probably want to talk to me because I'm going to talk about an easier way to grow your influence, easier way to build your authority. So what we do is look at what are all the shows that James Stramco has been on. That gives us a whole list of podcast hosts that would probably be interested in the kind of message that I bring to the table because there's that compatibility between what the influencer is saying and what I am saying. Not saying everybody that's featuring him wants to feature me, obviously, but that gives us that starter path to really know where to start digging in because of what we've, you know, what inherently is that is telling us. Like inherently, the people that have featured him want to hear this kind of message for their audience. Right. It's you, you are headed in the right direction. You mean it's not like everything is going to be a home run, but Correct. it's better than oh, let's let's check out this show about hunting wild boar or something like, and that's not really what we're, we're looking for. So <laughs> that's kind of different. Uh, okay. So you, you find a show. What's the path to now the pitch? We talked about how not to pitch. Yeah. What's the next step? You're like, mm, I think I got one on the line here. Yeah. So we, the pitch always has to start with that unique paragraph. I think that when people open an email from you, they, you know, keep it short and simple, but 
you want to offer up something nice. Like this person's emailing you out of nowhere, offer a compliment, be genuine about your compliment. You could even say like, you know, I saw that you featured James Shramko. I thought that was pretty awesome. If you are considering new guests, I would love to pitch myself for consideration. So quickly, like get to the point, like tell the podcaster what you're doing. I'm a straight shooter. I like this approach. And then the next thing that is so important, and this is really prep work before the pitch, you've got to figure out what your talking points are. Your talking points allow you to show a podcast host, hey, this is the kind of conversation, this is the kind of episode that we could record together. And the podcast host can look at those talking points and go, oh, yeah, I could see me recording an episode on that topic. Or no, there's not an alignment. I'm not interested in talking about any of those topics. And it's a really quick like bulleted way for the person on the receiving end to acknowledge or understand like, yes, this is a conversation I want to have or know that it's not. And the way that I say it is, serve it up on a silver platter. Serve this conversation up on a silver platter. Podcast hosts are busy. When you send a pitch that talks about all the ways that you're great, that doesn't give a podcast host any idea of what an episode would be. So make it easy for them to feature you by saying, yep, let's pick that one and roll with it. I can tell you that absolutely works because I had a guy do this last week and I said, I saw three topics that we could do on uh, on a weight loss show I do. And all I asked him for, I said, can you send me a link where I can hear what you sound like? Mm. And because I'm a geeky podcast guy and I'm not going to have somebody who sounds like he's recording from the bathroom, you know, <laughs> with bacon in the background. And he sent me a thing. He sounded fine. And I was like, cool. It's, and I, I always, for me, I always say, I reserve the right to not publish our episode in the event. It turns out we're not a good fit. If you're cool with that, let's make this happen. And that kind of weeds out if that if they're really here to serve my audience or doggone it's it's all about me and doggone it, yes, you're going to publish it, which right. I never really plan on not publishing it. I just want that there in case something goes horribly wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. That's very cool. But I like that. And that's what I always tell people. If you can connect your expertise to my audience, you've done my homework. Yeah. And I love the fact that you said the first pitch is, are you open to be pitched? That's awesome. I've, I, that's that's a strategy I've never heard and I've never seen for the record. It's always just a pitch. I always say to my team, it's not a no until it's a no. But unfortunately, I think sometimes people are just like ignoring pitches and are frustrated with pitches because in the pitch, you're not asking if you're open to pitches. So I would rather somebody say like, no, I'm not. (laughs) Thanks for asking, but no, I'm not. I like to be straightforward. I think that everybody knows what we're doing. You know, a host knows what this is. And at least we're being honest about it. And we're not trying to like beat around the bush. Let me just tell you how I'm wonderful and the off chance that you want to uh, uh, interview me. But you touched on something. You talked about how you are are trying to feel out whether this is going to be a good episode that's in service to your audience. And This ties in another piece, like we're talking a lot about how you don't want to just show up and brag about yourself, but there is a way to tie some of that in. I want to say about the talking points, all of your talking points, I think need to be action oriented. What I have found that most podcast hosts like is they want to know their priority is I want the people listening to walk away from having listened to the episode thinking, dang, that was a good episode. I got a lot of value from the episode. I wonder how much more value I could get from this podcast show. Let me go listen to more. And it's our job as the podcast guest to say, I have experience in this area and that's why I can give this action point. 
but your accolades have relevance only when they're tied to like providing credibility for how you can provide action for that audience. So I want to help the podcast host create an episode that's really awesome for their audience. That's going to make me look good to a podcast host. That's why they would want to feature me because I can do that. I think my favorite example that I've had that I was like, if only I was doing a podcast about submarines, somebody said they were pitching a guest and blah, blah, blah. And he was a captain in the Navy and was like the captain of a submarine. And I was like, well, that's impressive. And thank you for your service. How does that tie into growing your audience in a podcast? It was just very, very strange. So, so yes, I agree. Exactly. Here's, here's, why I'm a big shot smarty pants and that's why I can talk about this, which is what your audience loves. Yeah. And you, you've got to temper it. You know, we have clients that have come to us and they've written their own talking points or they've hit us with this like, well, here's my media one sheet. And the media one sheet is like all about them. And we have to say like, sorry, but we're cutting this. Like the thing that you did doesn't matter to the objective of a podcast host. The objective of the podcast host is can I deliver a good episode to my audience? That is what you've got to be thinking about when you're looking at your pitch. And so you mentioned another one of my favorites. Do you use the the PDF? And if so, what's on it? And how long is it? And that whole nine yards. You know, we do create a PDF. It is very short. So there's a picture. There's a bio. I like shorter bios. Sometimes we chop our clients' bios up. Mine is like three sentences long. A bio is really like, I do this for this person so they can achieve this result. That's a really good bio. You know, that's something you want to be memorable in people's minds. It also has the talking points and it has contact information. Sometimes if our clients have like really big reach, like if they have a really big email list or really big social media following, we do include that information because there are some podcast hosts that are interested in, yes, I'll have you as a guest if you are then talking about it to your audience. So there's this like, you know, sometimes un unspoken, sometimes spoken agreement that there will be promotion on both sides so that the podcast host reaps the benefit of having that guest and their traffic come. So when a client has that information and they've told us, you know, yes, I do talk about all my interviews with my social audience, my email list, we do include that as well because it just makes you look good and it shows how you can be of greater service to their objective of podcast traffic. That will get their attention again, especially if you say I'm willing to you know, promote this. And that's, that's always kind of interesting on their side. Cause again, if you've done the same exact interview that you did the last four times, that's always kind of weird to go, Hey, look, I was on Jim's show talking about the same thing I did on Susan's show. Enjoy again, the same story. But marketing is about a lot of that repetition. And what I've found is that I even know there are a lot of the same things that I talk about when I talk about podcast guesting. Because if people ask me, what are your tips for podcast guesting? Well, they didn't change each time that I got yeah. on an interview. Funny you asked. I'm up to 17 I, now. I just realized that I have this new one that I thought of last night. No, no, no. This is what I realized as a podcast guest is that the people in my community, they don't listen to all of them. Though someone did tell me recently, they're like, I listen to all your interviews. And I said, well, that must be really boring. <laughs> but here's the thing that I feel is one of the greatest benefits of being a podcast guest that nobody's thinking about is building the credibility to your audience. So 
So when your audience sees that you are being featured on podcasts, the way that they see you goes up in their mind. So somebody said this to me recently, and I realized like, dang, that's actually really accurate. People like people who are liked by people. <laughs> like we like liked people. And by showcasing that you have been on somebody else's podcast, there's the assumption that if you were featured on that podcast, that people like you. And so it creates this like, I want to jump on that bandwagon kind of psychology that your community is not going to have about you if you're just publishing content that's you bragging about yourself. Like as a podcast guest, there's this unique environment where you're being asked to come on a show where you're being asked to authentically brag about yourself. It's very bizarre and you don't get it anywhere else. Like you were talking about how you'll record a intro. Maybe I shouldn't say this. I'm spoil alert. That's right. Peeling back the curtain. Yeah. You will record an intro after we talk. And you said something along the lines of, you'll be yawning about me bragging about you. Well, in what other space, like in what other marketing method is somebody else spending a solid like 20 to 30 seconds just bragging about you and then spending another 30 minutes telling you that they want to hear all about the ways that you're the smartest that you are. That's a good point. (laughs) It's wild. It is wild. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Kristen has got me thinking. And if you make me think I'm your friend for life, I would like to actually be more than a friend to you. I would like to be your podcast coach. When you join the School of Podcasting, I'm going to help you massage your message. I'm going to help you tackle the technology. I saved somebody 300 bucks last month. They were going to buy a whole bunch of stuff they didn't need. I want to help you flatten that learning curve and get you going on the right path to podcasting that's headache-free. And you can join worry-free because anytime during that first 30 days, if you go, Dave, this isn't for me, just let me know. I'll refund your money. You're not going to sound stupid. You're not going to sound bad. It's not radio. And you've got a great group of brilliant podcasts in this mastermind. It's a private Facebook group to run your ideas. Plus, you have live group coaching. If you actually hired me for one-on-one consulting, it's not cheap. But yet, you can talk to me one-on-one with a couple other people listening. It's usually not a huge group. And you'll get my opinion and their opinion. That is worth double the admission. Check it out, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And now let's listen to Kristen talk about download numbers and being on big shows. Do I care how many downloads the person... Like, I have some people I've asked on my show, and they're like, I only go on shows that have had at least 10 episodes and have X amount of downloads and blah, blah, blah. Is that going to happen a lot? I come up against this conversation a lot, and I have a very strong opinion about it that I have found is not as popular (laughs) as I thought it might be. So we have a lot of people that come to us and say, like, I have requirements. I only want to be on shows with X number of downloads. You know, they have these like minimum vetting requirements. Here's the thing. I have found that people that are pumping out a lot of content sometimes have less time to build relationships with the people that they've been on a show with. You know, this is not true of all people who record a lot of episodes, but my experience has been there are two shows in particular, one that I was on that had 
you know, the guy has an email list of like 30,000 plus people on his email list. Another show, they talk about how they have millions of downloads. And so going into it, I thought, well, dang, here's my time to like really experience what it's like to get on this like massive show. Well, the thing about those shows is that you feel a little bit more like a number. You also, there is less chance of being able to form a genuine relationship with that host because they are just going through so many people that it's harder to stand out to them. And the promotion of each individual episode is less enthusiastic than somebody else who is really trying to push their podcast. Like they're really working on their marketing. My prerequisite is I want to get in the room and be interviewed by people that I could genuinely see myself wanting to stay in contact with and seeing how our businesses could serve one another long term. So this for me at at the very root is relationships. Yes, there is PR benefits. Yes, there are marketing benefits. But my vetting at the root of my vetting is there is there a relationship synergy that could be had here. Now, what I've seen with this is even if I get on somebody's podcast where, you know, I've been episode number 15, I've been episode number like 45, which was still a little bit lower for this this particular person. And what I found is that even when the podcast host stopped recording new episodes, because that happened with both of these situations, they eventually got burnt out as a podcast host, I had developed a relationship with them. So while they weren't marketing from a podcast perspective, they were marketing their business other ways. And they still have been great referral partners for me, because we have connected and we have that kind of synergy. We have some foundational things that keep us or make us good connections. So the benefits of having the relationship with that podcast host went beyond just the airtime that you got and went through to all these like collaborations and referrals and all that stuff because of relationship building. Great minds think alike. See, you're, you're on the exact same page I am. I was on episode two this week. In fact, I got up at seven in the morning because he's based out of London to be on episode two of somebody's show. Todd Cochran of Blueberry goes to CES every year and, and just takes video of all these, you know, fun toys, all these that the nerds are going to love. And he was one of the first people to spotlight GoPro before GoPro was GoPro. And over the years, as GoPro got bigger and they would see Todd, they'd be like, hey, Todd, come on over in here. So if you can make those relationships when people are, and I'm going to put air quotes up small, right? They're just starting out. They're going to remember the people that would come on their show when they didn't have, you know, 10,000 downloads or whatever. So, and that's why I do it. Are there any tools out there? Now, when you said, see where somebody has been a guest, I went to Podchaser is an example of a website I always kind of accidentally figure it out on their website. Like I go in, I find their show and search and all of a sudden it's like, click. Nope. That's not click. Nope. That's, Oh, there it is. There's the list of all their appearances. Are there any other better tools maybe to use for that? There is a platform called pod search. So that's one that we use. You can get a lot when you're doing an influence, the influencer path. You can get a lot when you just go on the podcast app. When you type in somebody's name, you can see all their podcasts. You could also find a lot when you're doing Google searches. If you Google search my name, it comes up. You know, that's another thing we haven't even talked about is the SEO benefits of podcasting. Like if you Google my name, I've taken more control. I'm controlling the narrative around my name because of the podcast appearances. And I used to do this when I was in a, a band. We would find a band that was booking all over the place 
and then see where they, and if we were similar, we'd go to the bars and go, Hey, you like these guys? We do the same kind of music. Yeah, there you go. And another way, like sometimes when we are looking for influencers, like if you're thinking, okay, cool, I'll follow this influencer path, but who the heck is an influencer? Like, I don't even know. One thing that I have really found to be insightful is going to Amazon and searching for new newly released books and typing in keywords on subjects that are in alignment with what you're doing. So like for me, how to be a CEO. I mean, you can go as like general as that. How to do podcasting stuff. All of these keywords you could search around Google and look for books that have been released in the last like two years, usually what I do. And then I Google the author's name because a lot of people that are releasing books are doing book tours on podcasts. And so that then opens up a whole nother list. And then once you start down the rabbit hole, then the podcast app will be like, here are other people that are like that. And it just one thing leads to another. It's a it's a matter of getting that first momentum. And then the snowball It's like, oh, well, I, they know what I'm looking for. And they're just feeding it to me. <laughs> nice. Well, Kristen, is there anything else that people should know when it comes to wanting to be a guest on a podcast? Absolutely. One of the biggest complaints I hear from people that have been a guest. So some people might say like, I don't want to be a guest on a podcast. Like it has never produced any results for me. So this is one thing that I hear from people like, you know, I've been invited to be a guest on people's podcasts and I showed up and I talked about what I knew and like, it didn't go anywhere. It didn't get any traffic, didn't get any business from it. It felt like a waste of my time. This is what I want to say that everybody needs to remember when they're becoming a podcast guest. The biggest benefit you're going to get out of podcast guesting is the relationship with the podcast host. So I think that there are a lot of false hopes or a lot of like false narrative around like what I'm calling like one hit wonders. I think people think like if I go after the biggest podcast that I possibly can, it's going to change my business. Here's the thing about being a podcast guest, just like every other marketing strategy, just like every other networking strategy, it snowballs on itself, but you have to treat people like people. Like your job as a podcast guest is to show up and be in service to the objective of the podcast host and to show the podcast host, hey, I appreciate you allowing me to show up in your space. And I am here to really provide as much benefit as I can to you. And I want this to last beyond a recording. When people come in without that mentality, I think that the benefits are just severely limited. And I know we talked about this already, but it is just something I believe so firmly that I want to make sure that I'm so clear about this. Being a podcast guest has tons and tons of benefits, but you're just missing out if you're not looking at this as an opportunity to meet really incredible people who are connected to other really incredible people and building a business that you can have fun together. Like that's what I love about podcasting. And I wish more people came into it with that frame of mind, because I think out of that, we would get better pitches. We would get better research. We would get better conversations. We would get better results on the back end. So just want to make sure that we're hammering that point home for anybody listening. I'm going to give you, I I just made up something right now on the spot. Are you ready? 
Let's hear it. That is the answer of the year. I know it's March and it's early. Seriously, that was one of the best answers. Like the whole time I'm just sitting here smiling like, yes, yes, and more (laughs) of that. And yes. So because really, because when we get hung up on downloads, when we get hung up on, you know, CPM and it's like in the end, it's really the fact that when you can make somebody not feel alone, that is so priceless. So, uh, so congratulations on answer of the year for the first quarter of 2021. I appreciate that. So your company because to now I'm like, okay, here's somebody that does not think like the other booking agents, at least that I've run into that I send little snarky emails back to is yes, boss. You can find them at yesbossva.com. How did you land here? Oh, this was an interesting journey for me. So I, in 2018, had built up a virtual assistant agency. So I started in the entrepreneur world, one, by being an incredible failure, and then deciding that I should just be a virtual assistant because I needed to collect some kind of money without going back to a day job. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So in 2018, I had built up my agency to pretty much be a self-led virtual assistant agency. So my team really knew how to handle the day-to-day grind. And what I had realized was that a lot of people were building businesses the hard way, like what I had done before, you know, trying to sell my expertise. Not that that's the hard business necessarily, but I had been doing all the things. I had learned a lot about entrepreneurship in the last three years. I wanted to just start talking to other entrepreneurs about it. And I came into podcast guesting honestly, with a philanthropic kind of attitude. like I just wanted to get out and start talking to people about how they could uncomplicate entrepreneurship. Well, the interesting thing that happened is that though I had built a business that was supporting my family wonderfully, you know, things were going well, the moment I sat down to write a pitch to a podcast host, I had insane imposter syndrome. I had built my business on the back of no social media presence and a really crappy website. So before I was doing podcast guesting, I was building businesses out of relationships. Like this has always been my thing. Meeting people, genuinely connecting with people, wanting to serve their their objectives. And then that has helped me build a business like right from the start. So anyways, I told my team, I want to start doing podcast guesting. And they thought, yeah, that's awesome, Kristen. Like go for it, right? Six months later, my team asked me about how it was going. (laughs) And I had to fess up to them that I had not sent a pitch to anybody. I had (laughs) paid people to give me lists of podcasts that might be a good fit, but I still had not sent a single pitch email. So my team stepped in. And this was just a huge saving grace for me. They they helped me jump over my mindset (laughs) because they didn't have that same issue. And my team started pitching for me. So then I started getting on podcasts. like It worked like a charm. I really, honestly, after... I I should probably look and go back, um, see what the actual timeline is here. But I bet from the day that I handed off podcast guesting, like the duty to them, it was probably less than a month before I was, you know, talking to somebody on a podcast. They did a fantastic job. So fast forward, I started podcasting the end of 2019. Coming into 2020, I had already been praying about what the heck should I do? Because I don't want to run just a general virtual assistant agency. I know that I've got a niche down in order to get over some of these like fulfillment humps to be able to scale the business. Yes, it runs well, but I'd like to do something different. I want to niche down. Well, we looked at my podcast guesting and 
it was incredible because what we found was that my podcast guesting was actually producing more leads for our business and more signed clients for our business than anything we had ever done. So that's when I realized like, dang, this is actually marketing on steroids because or network, sorry, networking on steroids because, you know, I can network with people at in-person events, but if I network with people on a podcast interview, then they're, you know, broadcasting it to this wider audience. Also, people that sit in the seat of podcast hosts tend to be more serious about their business because as you know, being a podcast host is not an easy job. Like this is not a, oh, maybe I'll, you know, throw something on Instagram every once in a while. That's not like that. So my team realized like, okay, we're onto something here. And we tested it with a few of our existing clients to see if this could be a good strategy. And then shortly after we decided we're stopping everything else we're doing and we are just helping people get featured as guests on podcasts because this is a result really that we can control for them. We can promise a result. We can deliver on a result. I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm so passionate about this anyway. Like I get to show up and talk. Our new website says, hi, my name is Kristen and talking is my zone of genius. And I just realized like, whoa, this is incredible. And so that's how we ended up where we are today. (laughs) It's like, this is the the direct opposite of of and that's why you stand out. And it's sad. I'm being very I'm painting with a very wide brush here, but when I get these horrendous pitches, it just I, the cartoonish character that I write of this person is exactly the opposite of what you're is what's spewing out of your mouth. I'm like, that's why I like this person. Okay. And I I came into this like so should I say innocently? Like organically. Like I didn't even, I, when we decided to do just podcast booking, I didn't even know that podcast booking agencies were a thing until like a month after I decided. I just knew that it worked. But then now what I'm realizing is that there's all of this other education that people really need to know. Like I can't just book somebody on a podcast if they're going to go and like make a fool out of themselves. That's still not going to be beneficial. A little media training involved. Yeah, there's a lot of training involved. And that's part of what we're offering to our clients is because we realize that just paying to get yourself booked, you're missing out on some of the elements that have made this a success for me. Like there are tactics around, you know, how to show up and be a good guest. There are tactics around like how to be a, you know, a valuable person in somebody's network. Like what I realize is that there, these are um, things that I come by naturally, but not everybody comes by these things naturally. So we take the time to teach this stuff to our clients. You mentioned earlier that when you approach a podcaster to have your talking points, is that something they should somewhat rehearse? Or, I mean, because you want them like, hey, you've got this opportunity. You should be able to have a sentence come out of your face in some sort of organized fashion. Or is that a bad thing? Because I do have people that you ask them a question and they go, oh, that's a good question. I'm so glad you asked, Dave. I was born in blah, and they just, you've pulled their string and they're going to say that same answer they've done 8 million times. So where's the, where's the balance? Okay, you've got to know yourself. So one thing that I know so accurately about myself is that when I prepare, it makes me nervous. So I'm trying to like remember all of my talking, you know, the things that I'm supposed to say. When I don't prepare, I can just have a conversation. 
This is something that I like to remind our clients. The talking points tee you up for a conversation about what you already know. If you don't already know it, if it's something that you're not already talking to with clients about or with prospective clients about, if it's something that doesn't just roll off your tongue, you probably have no business talking about it as a podcast guest. (laughs) So only come in talking about the things that you can offer true value. Now, I understand that not everybody is extremely extroverted, isn't always very comfortable on a camera, all of those things. You know, I have found that having experience filming video beforehand, it makes me more feel more natural when I'm like, I'm looking at a screen with my face like huge on it. You know, that can be really uncomfortable for some people. So getting used to that is good. But I would encourage people to think about this as a conversation where you're going to talk about the things that you know how to naturally talk about. So if you're, you know, scripting things out or needing every answer, every question that's going to be asked beforehand, like this probably isn't the strategy for you because that's not going to produce a very good episode. So you've got to be comfortable with talking about the things that you know. Um, and, and I find that when I tell people like, do you talk on sales calls about this stuff? Do you talk about this when you're serving the people that work with you? You know, people, your clients, your customers, like your colleagues, whatever it may be. Those are the things that you're going to be talking about with the podcast host. Treat it like a conversation. Some podcast hosts will ask you very scripted questions, you know, people that are not amazing at the craft. And so you've got to kind of roll with that. But you still shouldn't be talking about things that you don't know. And it's not bad when somebody asks you a question that you don't have an answer for that question to say something along the lines of, you know, because I had a guy do this with me. He asked uh, me about sales. He asked me about building a sales team. I'm not sure why he asked me about that because I didn't ever say that I had experience with that. I said, you know, that's a really good question. I would love the answer to that, but I'm not the person that's in a position of expertise in that area. I feel like any advice that I would give wouldn't be really in service to to the people listening. Like, I don't know. Don't ask me. I'm learning along with the rest of you. But there's this like humanness about saying that. You know, I am an expert in the areas that I'm an expert in, but that doesn't mean that I know how to answer every single question, nor does anybody expect that of me. And so don't expect that of yourself. Well, that and when you answer a question that you don't know the answer, it's one of those things where it's, it's, I always say, I always use the example of singing. It's better to sing in your range and have people think your range is limitless than to go up about five notes and let everybody know, guess what? It's not. So, when you answer a question and you don't, those people might think, man, this guy knows everything. She's brilliant. And then you answer this one question, just throwing jargon and verbiage and people go, wow, he's an idiot. I like that example. Oh, just, I, I used, I, I had a friend of mine that used to do that. It would drive me nuts. I'm like, just say, I don't know. That's it. It's, it's, I'm not going to hate you. So, well, I got to tell you, this is one of my favorite interviews. This is, uh, you know, can we, let's see, speaking of jargon, that was some golden nuggets uh, you were you were dropping the mic and all those other fun filled things, but uh, everybody check her out. Yesbossva.com. Kristen, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Very, yeah, very I agree. Much. I agree. It's been an honor to chat with you. I I love what you're doing. So being here and in the same room as you is like this is fun. Like this is work. What? That's crazy, yeah, not right? Really? Yeah. <laughs> all right. 
Man, I am so lucky. We had Dr. Andrea last week talking about your personal brand, and this week we're talking about booking. A couple things. You do realize that when you live in a world with Google, you're not allowed to say, how do I find? That's just Just strike that one out of your vocabulary. But I do like the fact that you could go in, and if I'm doing a show about pygmy ponies, I can Google pygmy ponies and see if there's anybody else out there and then see where they've been interviewed on. That is, like I said, that's a strategy right out of my playbook when I was in a band. Then, now she said, don't listen to the podcast. I am not down with that for the record. That's why I thought, but I do, I do appreciate the fact that she was very open about that. All I want is the truth. Uh, somebody said once, I believe his name was John Lennon. Just give me some truth. So I really, I would rather hear truth that I disagreed with and have somebody lie to me. So I just loved this interview. So much stuff in there. And again, don't just look at it as a transactional thing. I'm going to be on your podcast. You're going to ask me some questions. And then I don't know. I guess I'll see you at the next event. No, look at the potential guest or the potential show that you want to be on. Is this somebody I could partner with? Is this somebody I want to not just know for this episode, but I'd like to actually create a relationship with? If you'd like to create a relationship with Kristen, go over to yesbossva.com and she can help you get booked on different podcasts. In case you missed it. It's time for a podcast rewind. I appeared on the show business show, which you can find at showbusiness.show with Simon and Billy. And Simon just cracked open my book, Profit from Your Podcast, and was asking me about the different ways to make money with your podcast and then asked why I felt the most profitable way is by having your own product. And what I spend on my show, I more than get back from out of the business. And how intentional do you actually have to be with it too? Like, I mean, does it just happen through osmosis that because you have a show and you have a pool of listeners, you're going to be promoting your business or do you need to really intentionally put your business in front of the show? I, one of the questions I ask people now is, uh, cause I used to say, what's the goal of the podcast? And you get people that would say things like, well, if I could, if the downloads keep going up, that would be great. And I'm like, okay, I don't ask that anymore because really what I was asking is, is this a hobby or is it a business? Because right. that person would say, yeah, as long as the downloads go up and then three months later, they're like, Hey, I'm not making any money at this. And I'm like, you didn't say it was a business. You said you just wanted to have more downloads and you're getting more downloads. Congratulations. You're successful. Oh, well, no, I, I was hoping to make some extra money with this. You didn't. Say, so now I ask, is this a hobby? And there's nothing wrong with a hobby. I mean, I got hobbies. I got, I ride my bike every day. Haven't made a dime with it. Or is this meant to make some income? Cause it, it shapes the content. Cause then you have to go, okay, well, what do you have a product? No. Great. Do you have a built in audience? No. Okay. Do you have any kind of affiliate that would tie in with your content? Well, my content's empowering stories that lead people to want to do more. Great. There's no product that ties. I can't sell, you know, motivation in a can. So are you a life coach? No. Okay. That leaves crowdfunding. There are times when I look at people and go, really, what you just described is a hobby. That's not a business. And if you don't have a crowd, I mean, crowdfunding, I say in the book, it's crowdfunding. It's not fund crowding. You have to get the crowd first. But going back to your question, 
if you look at advertising and you take let's go high let's let's take thirty five dollars and there's a thing from radio God bless radio uh, if you get thirty five dollars they call it CPM it means price per thousand downloads that's if we round up that's four cents a download three and a half cents a download how many downloads would you have to have to if you sold a product for fifty bucks. The answer is 1,250 downloads to make 50 bucks with a podcast that's charging $35 CPM. I mean, that's a lot of downloads. And most podcasts, when they first start out, do not have a lot of downloads, especially if you have a niche. And this is where the power of the niche comes into play. Let's say I'm going to start a podcast on building confidence because we all need more confidence, maybe. Okay, great. I'm going to do a show about confidence. And But who's it for? Well, anybody that, that needs confidence. Okay, what if I say confidence for parents? Okay, now we've whittled down some of our audience, but what if I go, wait a minute, how about podcasting for new parents? Ooh, now you've got people going, I think I'm ruining my kid. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never, okay, now let's go confidence for new interracial parents. Ooh, now you've really scaled it back, but now you can talk about just those things that only they are going to face. And those people are going to go, I thought I was the only person going through that. That's one of the things that I always say, don't underestimate the power of the niche. And if you have something now, a product that fits that niche and that sponsor is trying to get to that target audience, you can charge a heck of a lot more than $35 per thousand downloads. But the whole making your own product, it's just more profitable. Ooh, now that's a good question. The March question of the month is, what do you wish you had known when you first started podcasting? You can go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question, click the button, record your answer, and don't forget to slowly mention the name of your podcast and your website. So if I was saying this, it might be, hey, this is Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com where I help people plan, launch, and grow their podcast. And the thing I wish I'd known when I first started podcasting was blank. Check it out, school of podcasting.com slash question. And I need them by Friday, March 26th, 2021. Ooh. Now that's a good question. Coming up in the future, I've got a cool because of my podcast story from Sergeant Fred. If you have one of those, you can just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact and answer the question, hey, because of my podcast blank, and I will play that on the show. And again, slowly tell me about your podcast and where we can find it. Thanks so much for listening. Again, if you would like to start your podcast, I would love to help you going in the right direction. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash join. Use the coupon code listener, and that will save you 20% on either a monthly or yearly subscription. Thanks again to Kristen from yesbossva.com. And until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed.